Hello, everybody. This is another week of This Is Life. Uh, thanks to you all for again for listening uh, this week. I hope you, first off, let me tell you, I hope everyone, uh, if you're in America, you celebrated Thanksgiving yesterday, hopefully with your friends and families. And if not, maybe you had a nice day at home, well, whatever it was. Hopefully it was a nice day. Hopefully you didn't overeat. Uh, hope, and if you did overeat, hopefully it was delicious. Um, hopefully you got some rest, maybe some, maybe when I did some shopping, I don't know, whatever you're you know, traditions are and whatever you'd like to do on Thanksgiving and holidays. I hope that you had a wonderful, wonderful time and that it was a blessed time between you, between you and your families and friends. And, uh, this is, this is the, this is that time of year, I guess, holidays and, uh, things get really, really busy out of nowhere. Uh, I, my wife and I, we choose to not plan anything. If, you know, if someone comes to us and be like, hey, you want to do this in December? We're like, usually, no, because we just don't ever know. Maybe we might get with you. Maybe we can hang out with you. But honestly, Decembers are always just, for us anyway, are just very unpredictable, very busy. We're out of town a lot because I have family, you know, who live in, ta- in Dallas, Texas. And so we're out of town a lot. It's just kind of a really tough time for us to nail anything down but it's a good time it goes very quickly uh i I have not only have thanksgiving but we also have christmas in there and all the things that happened in between those two holidays and then immediately right after uh we have our and my wife and i have our anniversary which i'll be happy to say we'll be 18 years married this year on new year's eve uh back in the day when everyone thought it was the weirdest thing in the entire world that anybody would want to get married on new year's eve now all of a sudden i it's kind of become a thing well i like to think that my wife and i started that 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 idea uh, it, it was kind of funny because my people when they find out number one how long my wife and i've been married they're like you guys must have got married pretty young which is true she was 19 i was 22 um just starstruck lovers you know i mean we were just just head over heels for, you know from pretty much the get-go uh, what's really interesting just a little story before i get into today's topic um you know, when I think about my anniversary and I think about just all the blessings that God's given me specifically, you know, in my marriage over the last 18 years and just how wonderful of a blessing it is just having a a partner in life, you know, it's like, I don't even remember what my life was before. I mean, I, I know I had one. I know I, you know, I had high school and I went to ministry training and I, you know, had a year or so before, after that, before I even met my wife. But honestly, my life has just become hers and hers mine. And we just are just going through this wonderful experience of life together. And there's nobody else I'd rather do it with, but you know, we beat the odds because not only were we married really young, but we also had a very short engagement. Which I have to admit, I I would not, uh, if my daughter were to come to me here and let's say she's five now, four, gosh, 14 years, it seems like a very long time anyway, and say, hey, dad, I met this guy and uh, I just met him about in uh, January and it's September and we're going to get married in December. I'd have been like, Okay, no, I don't think that's correct, you know, but that's what happened was my wife and I, we literally met for the first time in January, where became friends, uh, well, first off, let me tell you, my, I definitely outkicked my coverage, my wife is, uh, you know, uh, she, she's not only beautiful on the inside, but she's gorgeous on the outside, and I definitely uh, outdid myself, I'm out of my element, but I nonetheless, I'm very, very thankful. 
but I say that because I didn't think I was like, yeah, there's no way. I mean, yeah, she's she's beautiful. She's you know fun. She's a lot. She's really friendly. Uh, she loves the Lord. Uh, but there's just no way in, in in any kind of capacity that she's gonna have any kind of affection towards me, let alone wanting to be uh, a, a boyfriend of ours, and definitely wasn't even thinking about being a husband anyway. So as soon as we first met. It's probably about three or four months before we really, you know, actually started talking on a regular basis. And uh, we became really, really close friends in the month of June in 2001. And uh, we're dating by July of 2001. And I won't bore you with all the details. Maybe I'll have her in here. We can kind of talk about just, you know, how it all kind of happened. I think it'd be interesting for some people to want to know. But uh, we were engaged by October and married by the last day of December. So truly less than a year of knowing each other we were married again I, I would not counsel that to most people what was really really funny about that is that my wife and I when we got married uh, most people whom we knew and loved like my family her family uh, they, they were encouraging us to get married sooner They're like you sure you want to wait all the way to December don't you want to go ahead and get married now we would only been engaged for a couple of weeks but I think it's just one of those things when you know that's one thing I was telling me I was telling young people who come to me and be like, hey, how do you know whom you're going to be with? Like, how do you know this person is supposed to be the person you're going to marry? And my average typical response 99% of the time is something that even annoyed me when I heard it. And as that is, you just know. Um, and you can't explain it. It's just you just know. There's certain things in life you just know. And... So, you know, I, I know that my wife and I were not only where we meant to be, but God's, I believe and that God specifically created me for her and her for me. And, and, and then eventually when Iceland came along, of course, it wasn't in the cards for us to be able to uh, have a child naturally. Um, we suffered a, a long battle of infertility uh, for many years and, um, just and boy that's that those are shows in and of themselves and i'm trying to kind of keep today positive so i won't talk about that too much it is an intriguing story and it's something that a lot of people struggle with that most people don't even know um just how hard that is in a couple who truly wants to have a child but and they can literally see okay i want to, I, basically here's how i rec here's how i tell people like i want you to imagine that there's something that you can't have but not only can everybody around you have, uh, it's evidence of it all over, obviously being children, right? And it's even harder because my wife is in child care. She's a teacher. She's a preschool teacher. So she sees children on a regular basis and interacts with parents and all of these things. And when her and I were at the height of our infertility, it was really, really tough because, you know, we wanted children so bad and just was not happening. And we even went to doctors and clinics and all of these things. And just wasn't it just wasn't going to be. And however, you know, I, I, at the end of the day, we were, you hear me talk about a child. Obviously, we did end up adopting and uh, it was the most bl wonderful blessing. And my wife and I have said over and over and over, if we had to do all of that again, go through all of those painful, horrible, awful memories and tears and struggles and doctor appointments and just even fighting. I mean, it takes a toll on your marriage. 
knowing that we would have Iceland, our daughter, coming in at the end of the of the, of the uh, at the end of the journey, rather, we would do it all over again because that's just how much of a blessing she is and how thankful we are for her. And she was definitely the she has she is and was the absolute most shining brightest light we've ever could experience, even throughout all those dark times. So that's what I'm thankful for this year is my family, just the, it's my little family, you know, just, just my wife and my daughter and myself and our herd of, of pets, you know, uh, I just, I, I really, you know, it, it's amazing how sappy I've become as a father, you know, like for example, there's this recent commercial, you may or may not have seen it. Uh, that is advertising for Disney World. Uh, my family and I are big Disney fans. I think it's just something I've had since I was a child. Well, anyway, uh, we're big Disney fans, and there's this video of this little girl who's, you can tell it's a recording from like a parent or somebody who's recording this little girl, and she's running to the Cinderella's castle, and Cinderella is greeting her there, and there's a big embrace, and you know she's you know meeting her favorite princess, and then it fades out to this father who's sitting on the edge of a bed looking at his phone and is watching this memory of his little girl meeting Cinderella for the first time at Disney World and then this you know this this older girl comes across the room you're gonna miss me dad and he's like you know try to wipe away tears and and you know the, the whole point of it is that she's off going off to college or doing whatever and you know things don't last I, I guess it's crazy you know that I have I know it's not true, but you know there's a part of my brain that really, really wants to believe that my little girl is going to be little forever. But I know that's not true, and I know that she's only on loan for me for a short time for my wife and I. Right? That our whole responsibility is not to just have a child that we keep in our home that we raise and feed and protect and all these other things, but truly we're supposed to raise her to be the best human possible, right? To be able to be able to be responsible and make good decisions and to be friendly and loving and kind and, and strong and, and independent. And all of these things that you try to instill in your children, and you only truly have them for a short time. And, and uh, I'm realizing that, you know, now, even though my, my little girl's only in kindergarten, some of you would be like, yeah, wait till they're, high, you know, in high school or wait till they're a teenager. You know, it's, it goes really, really quickly. And I, and I want to cherish every single moment that I truly have with, with her in my house, especially as a young, as a young person, because I know it's not always going to be like this. And, and so truly I have to, you know, as a father, I have learned to really take in every single day, uh, you know, savor it and not just kind of go through the motions. And it's really easy to do that. Everyone has a struggle with that because we tend to do the same things every single day. We get up at the same time, take a shower, take a bath, you know, get ready for the day, go to work. You know, there may be some variations in the week. Maybe go over to a friend's house or maybe go out to dinner instead of cooking or whatever. But, I mean, majority of your life, at least in America, is, is ritualistic. You kind of do the same things over and over and over. So it's really easy to not, you know, um, take in every single moment and consider it something special because it really can become routine. And I don't want to let myself do that. I, I truly believe that every single moment that I have – 
you know, not only with my daughter, but even with my wife, even though we've been married for 18 years, I mean, that's still, there's still so much about her that I want to know that I don't, that you would think that I would know, but I just, we're all developing, we're all evolving, we're all becoming, you know, just better people overall, and and, and we're always gaining new understandings and wisdoms and things that we love about God and, and our families and ourselves and everything else, so we're always, there's always something new to know. And so you don't want to just take for granted those whom God has put in your life. It's truly about just experiencing life the best you can with those people because you don't know when the last day is going to be. Now, that can seem ominous. That can be like well, the last day could be as if, you know, they're passing and, and no more. Or the kid goes off to college or, you know, whatever. We just don't know. And none, no day is promised to any of us, you know. Um, so what we do right now, here now, at this very moment as you're listening this is what really counts you can't change you know to two minutes ago and but you can change two minutes from now but truly all you truly have control over is the immediate future is the immediateness right now so how can we then then take every single moment and just really reflect and we don't want to find ourselves wasting time on emotions and and behaviors that distract us from that attitude of gratitude. Yeah, I just I did just say that. That's kind of lame-o, but follow me here. There is an attitude of gratitude. You don't just get gratitude by happenstance. It's not a natural emotion that humans have. Gratitude is something that we have to develop, work on, and choose to have. So if I'm given a gift, I, I can either be like, you know, throw the gift aside or, you know, maybe put it, put it, open it later or, uh, you know, just kind of see it as something that somebody wanted to give me. Or I could truly receive this gift, whether it's something I want or not. Think about the intention behind the gift of that person who gave it to me and cherish it. Even if it is an ugly sweater from grandma, she still went out of the way to give this gift specifically to me. And I'm more about gra having gratitude, not necessarily for the gift itself, but for the intention of the gift of the person giving it to me. And I think that's important that we have to understand that it's less about gratitude towards things or experiences or behaviors, but it's really truly about ex gratitude towards the people who are in the in the, in the, in, who are giving to you in whatever capacity that is. That's what we have, and that's who we have gratitude to. And then ultimately, the greatest gratitude is that we give thanks to the Lord for everything. And there's all sorts of verses that we'll even talk about later on here about having gratitude and being thankful to the Lord in every single circumstance, in every single thing. Yes, good, bad, ugly, we find means and ways to be thank thankful to the Lord. So for a brief moment... I want to discuss the enemy of Thanksgiving, the enemy of, I'm not talking about the holiday, I'm talking about disgratitude and Thanksgiving and giving thanks in general. The, in my opinion, one of the number one enemies of gratitude and of giving thanks is anxiety or worry. Because when all of a sudden you are full of worry or anxiety you become more self-centered and gratitude is other centered. Remember you're being thankful for things that was given or done to you and for you 
rather than looking inward and being like, how am I doing? How, how do I respond? It's more about how can we respond to other people? And anxiety is a man that, that is, it is a, um, uh, how can I say anxiety is something that I think a lot of people struggle with. You have some people who have no problem talking about the anxiety that they have and panic attacks and these kind of deals. And you have some people whom like myself who try to keep any kind of anxiety, uh, to, uh, as, as something you just don't talk about, uh, which I understand is not healthy. I understand that anxiety, especially, you know, regardless of where it comes from or how you got it, or even if it just becomes naturally, uh, anxiety is one of those things that truly can consume a person if they don't just talk about it and figure out ways to cope with it and help to see life uh, and be grateful for life in every single circumstance that comes your way. You think upon the most wonderful thing. And, and I get it. Let me tell you that, you know, it's very, very difficult just to kind of pull the curtain back on your host here. I'm, I'm Sean. Um, one of the things that I struggle with on a regular basis is medical anxiety now you know i i i am i am the one of the worst people that when something comes upon me a cough or a weird feeling in a you know in my chest or a headache that is a little bit more than before that i go straight to the worst possible place to find a cure or find out what's going on and that of course is the internet dr google uh because dr google will tell you everything thing that is worst case scenario now granted uh we ought to be paying attention to our bodies okay if something's not right uh or we know that something doesn't feel right or if we're not feeling ourselves or if we know something is wrong we shouldn't just ignore it but we also should not jump to the absolute worst possible scenario without having any information because once you do that your mind starts just going crazy and all of a sudden what started off as a cough or a little headache now becomes in your mind this monumental thing that you can't shake, you can't get rid of it, and you're constantly continual thinking about and any kind of peace that was in your heart before just is replaced by this anxiety for whatever thing is ailing you again it could be something just as small but all of a sudden now it's magnified magnified because of anxiety and panic and um you know i've had to really really watch it you know i i I'd never forget my first uh panic attack i you know i was uh i was on the phone i was back a long time ago when i was first learning to be a preacher and learning to be a pastor and just learning how to uh, basically to to <laughs> A lot of people don't real. Let me put it this way: a lot of people don't really understand unless they've been in the ministry and, and become a pastor of people that you have to really walk a very very fine line when you're a pastor because you know you want pe- you want people to uh, go to the church, you want to be their friends, you want to 
you know, be there for them at all times and all avenues. When, whenever somebody's hurting or somebody going through a tough situation, you want to be there for them. And that's just the heart of a pastor. The heart of a pastor says, I'm here to help guide you. I'm here to show you to the Lord. I'm here to, you know, comfort you in, in times of problems and sickness and disease or pain or suffering and any kind and any, at any level, you know, if you need somebody to go to the hospital to visit you, or if you just see somebody come over to your house and just chit chat and talk for a little bit. In other words, whatever it is that the pastor can do to help his parishioners and the people that go to the church, that's their desire. That's their goal, right? Is to help them. However, it's very easy for a lot of pastors, especially young pastors, to become too involved, basically, where you just take on the stress and the anxiety of the, the people in your church and you put it on yourself, even though it is not yours to bear, we're supposed to give all those burdens to the Lord. And I will spare the details because they're not, not necessarily necessary into the, to the conversation, but I just got off a very, very intense conversation with one of the people in our church who disagreed with some things going on in the church that disagreed with me. Uh, basically this person was just going on and on and railing towards me, just all the things I'm doing wrong. And, and it was very, very, very stressful. Well, anyway, uh, it, I just took it all myself. I was, I didn't give it into the Lord. I, I just really felt just pounded on, honestly. And I just accepted it and let it all just go in my ear and just accepted it and just, you know, started to really believe all these things this person was saying about me were true. Even though I knew that that was just their emotions, they were just kind of getting things out. These are just how they were responding at the time. Uh, it wasn't real as much as it was just their frustrations were coming out to me because they didn't have any other place that they felt that they could give this frustration to. Well, anyway... I hung up the phone, and this was a long time ago. This was probably about 12, 13 years ago. I, I hung up the phone. This was back when you had cordless phones before cell phones, right? And I hung up the phone, and I my wife was – I was sitting on the, on the chair, the, the lazy boy, right? My wife was lying on the sofa, and I knelt down to give her a kiss just to kind of give some sort of comfort right after this really awful phone call. And I remember trying to say the words, I love you. But all that came out was, that's literally all that I could come out. My mind was saying words. My mouth was not. And immediately I'm thinking I'm having a stroke or I'm having something is wrong. You know, I mean, obviously I'm, I, so I stood back up and I tried to talk to my wife, like, you know, maybe something's wrong, but all would come out with, and I was like, okay. So I went over to, I went back over to the phone because I, I guess I was going to call 911, even though I can't talk. I don't know why I was reaching down for 911, but something inside of me, and I believe it was the Lord told me just to close my eyes, take a big, deep breath and just focus. And so when I did that, I just closed my eyes, deep breath in and out. And I remember telling my wife, looking at her with the phone in my hand about to call 911. I said, I remember saying the words finally, I'm okay. And as soon as I said that, I felt just a release. However, I was still freaked out, uh, obviously. So uh, I, my wife was obviously a little bit alarmed as well. And we did the right thing. I ended up going to the hospital. And uh, first time I've ever been to the hospital, I was still a pretty young guy. And 
Um, they did some blood work, some tests, some questions, and all that other stuff that they do, and basically ended up telling me that there's no evidence of any kind of uh, stroke or you know heart attack or anything like that. Uh, but from the sounds of it, I just had a panic attack, and I had to learn immediately that that not only was I susceptible now to panic attacks, but I cannot carry more than that, which I'm able to. I have to understand that I have a limit that if a conversation or an experience, this is good for anybody is getting to be where you can't handle it with, with, and it's just kind of overwhelming. You have the right to step away. You have a right to hang up the phone. You have a right to say goodbye. I didn't think I had that at the time. I thought my job as a pastor was just to say, soak it all in, take it all in. I could handle it at all. But the truth of the matter is I couldn't. And I learned a very valuable, important lesson. Well, ever since then, it's now, however, you know, I have to, I, I have a struggle with it. I struggle with anxiety. I struggle with being worried that this is going to happen to me again. But this time it won't be a panic attack. It'll really be a stroke or something like that. And, and what's interesting about it is that I know in my mind, you know, in my heart that it's just my mind playing tricks on me, but yet I believe it. And it's so real to me when these, when anxiety attacks and things like that happen. And I'm not saying that all the time. Um, I'm not even saying they're common, but I am saying that I'm susceptible to it. I'm just being open with you as an audience saying that, I understand those of you who may have and know what I'm talking about, you know, because it feels like your heart's racing 100 miles an hour. You can't think straight sometimes and mimics, you know, chest pains. It's really bizarre. Uh, and you have to just focus and put your ground yourself and, and ask yourself, you know, um, I heard one person say, give it a number. And I scale one to 10, give it a number. And then all of a sudden, of course, you think about it. You're forced to think about it and you give it a number. And then you're able to now see the severity of it and kind of work yourself and work your way back. And so I say all this to say is that the Bible tells us that we're not supposed to have anxiety, though, that we can choose to give it to the Lord. And, and, and that's been such a blessing to me. So let me read you some scriptures and then we'll talk about, again, how anxiety and worry uh, these are the enemies of gratitude. God's asking us to be thankful in all things, but if we're continually worrying about things, we don't have the heart of gratitude because we're always worried about ourselves and about how we're going to react and not about just the, the we'll miss out. It's a distraction. It truly is a distraction on the blessings of this world because you're so worried you can't even see the goodness anymore because you're always concerned about the bad. Philippians 4 uh, verse... Uh, Six. I'm going to read out of the Amplified Version today. Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, which is every circumstance and situation, everything, okay? By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known to God. So let me read that again. Do not, do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstance and their situation, by prayer with petition with thanksgiving. So we ought not just be thankful on Thanksgiving, obviously. With every circumstance, this is good, bad, ugly, literally every circumstance ought to be out of the heart of gratitude and thankfulness. Now, how do you do that, Sean? If your house is burning down or there's an earthquake or your spouse leaves you 
or God forbid, like we've been talking to Jessica and Chris and CJ, your, your daughter passes away of cancer at a young age. How do you be thankful in those things? The only suggestion that I have to you, especially in incredibly difficult, tough situations that there seems to be no way in the physical that there can be any positivity coming out of it. The Bible says in every single thing, in every in every occurrence, to, to think on, if there be any praise, if there be any virtue, think on these things. So in every circumstance, in every single situation, and if you're struggling to find thanksgiving and to not be anxious to be worried and you're just struggling with that, you have to reroute your thinking to if there be any praise, if there be any virtue. I don't care if it's the sli- the tiniest sliver of silver lining there is. That is where your focus dwells on. Because that once you start being thankful for even the smallest amount of good in a bad situation, your mindset can start to change and you can start to grow out of it. Because what's the alternative? The alternative is not only do you, are you going to be consumed with the negativity and the harshness and the realities of the, the doom that you're experiencing, but you're going to start to develop a, a bitterness and a resentment, and it's going to be something that you're going to carry with for the rest of your life, and it's going to end up being the magnifying glass that you see everything else in life through. This is why there's a lot of people who have bitterness and who seem to go around walking through life like a walking grumpy person, right? Because they, just, they may have lost sight of anything good in the world. And God forbid we become like that. God forbid we become any those kind of people who are just continually grumpy, continually mean, continually resentful, continually bitter. Not only are those people not fun to be around, but they themselves become miserable. Um, I, I like watching the show Hoarders. Maybe you've seen it on a and I think. Uh, and generally, these, these people, basically, they're just people who have let their houses just go whether i mean there's these there's even circumstances where there are animals that have passed away that they didn't know about that passed away like if they have a house full of cats and the carcasses yeah end up just being buried under the garbage or i mean mold i mean just imagine walking to a home where there's uh you know uh six feet foot of trash it kind of reminds me here recently we got a new sofa and uh, I, I had I had to make sure that you know everything was out of the way you know and and for 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 these guys to come in, and I remember asking the guys like, do you guys ever walk into a home where you can't even get the the pieces of furniture in the house because of stuff that is you know filling goes oh yeah it happens all the time and I was like you think that people would you know make a way right but no I mean some people just have a problem they just have a hoarding problem and I think a lot of it comes from anxiety and worry you know maybe it's they don't want to miss something they don't want to miss out or maybe they're thinking they're going to sell this stuff one day and make a profit if they're especially if they're poor you know hey if I hold on to it it'll eventually be worth something one day so they hang on to it um, but a lot of times I've seen in watching the show that a lot of this just becomes out of tragic situations they lose their spouse or a parent or a child or they get divorced and it was a really really rocky rough divorce so something tragic happens to them and they pretty much just shut off their their lives have just kind of ceased to end and they they're still breathing they're still living their heart is still beating uh, they're still eating and they're still doing what a human does but they've lost 
the humanity in them, and therefore their giver, you know what, is broken. Uh, God forbid anybody, especially who names the name of Jesus Christ, that our giver, you know what, is broken. Uh, in fact, we have every reason in the world and then in, in out of this world to give, an, to give it an F, right? I hate to say it that way, but it's true. I mean, we as believers, God has given us every reason to love life and to experience life to its fullest. And when we don't, and we choose to have anxiety and worry. We, you know, we, 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 we care more about the things of this world and, and the things that are going on around us than we do about God's goodness and his grace and his love and his kindness. Man, we just become zombies in this world. And, and I don't know about you, but I, I life is, for me, especially, it's like I said, especially since I've had a child, life for me is way more, way more than just breathing and and eating and sleeping. I mean, it's really about cherishing every single moment that is given to me. So let, let's go back to scripture. We're reading from Philippians chapter four. I already read verse six. I'll go ahead and say it again, and then we'll go on for the rest of the, the verses. Do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, which is every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific request known to God. And the peace of God, which is the peace that reassures the heart. Again, I'm reading from the Amplified, so there's kind of bonus points when I'm reading. And the peace of God, which is the peace that, that reassures the heart, that peace, which transcends all understanding, stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's yours. That's mine. The peace of God, which is passes and transcends all understanding, can be ours when we unlock it with prayer and petition with thanksgiving. When you have gratitude to the Lord specifically, but when you have gratitude in general, really, but when you have gratitude to the to the Lord specifically, you are unlocking peace that passes all understanding. This is how people who you ever seen somebody who truly has a, uh, a, a, an experience in their life that they just, you didn't know, you have no idea how they were able to overcome it. A lot of times it's because they have unlocked it with gratitude for life in general, just gratitude for the blessings that they have. Doesn't mean that they uh, dismiss the circumstance. In fact, I think that they honor it more, whatever the circumstance that, that, challenge them they don't dismiss it but i think it's more about having a an understanding that we weathered the storm i think that you know anytime that you go through a really storm a really really bad storm in life when it's all said and done you know well, well okay, for example you know when you're if you've ever seen any news footage right on a literal storm uh, i'm in kansas right so we got tornadoes that happen all the time um, generally what happens is when they're interviewing people who are literally standing outside of their houses that are now just toothpicks, right? There's all the possessions are gone, you know, the next County, because the tornado wiped them all away. Their cars are flipped upside down. They're, you know, all of this crazy mess, their whole neighborhood is leveled. 
what do they always say? Well, number one, they always say that it sounded like a freight train, which, by the way, if God forbid I'm ever in a tornado and I'm ever interviewed about the tornado afterwards, I'm going to try and figure out some other thing to say than a freight train because everybody always says freight train. So I need to come up with something else just in preparation. Hopefully that didn't ever happen. But anyway, they always say it sounds like a freight train, but then they always say, but we're thankful that everybody's okay. I know that I'm thankful that you're still able to talk to me right now in front of this camera. You know, that I'm thankful that my family's okay. That puts everything in perspective because homes can be replaced. Cars can be replaced. TVs can be replaced. You know, all of these things that we have on this earth, we can't take them with us anyway. They can be replaced. But obviously you can't replace friends and family members and loved ones and even yourself. That is truly, I think, one of the heart of, of gratitude is that you're able to just be thankful. And I think that's really where you're going to find the if it be possible, right? As much as it lies in you, the uh, think upon these things, right? If it has any praise, any virtue, you dig deep. A lot of it can be found... Well, yes, by looking in the mirror, being thankful for yourself and for the blessings that God's given you and that you're still breathing, you're still six feet above ground. But also the fact that you have your friends or your loved ones or your um, your children or even your animals. I mean, whatever it is that really means something to you and has value to you that you have developed a relationship with, that. And, 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 and if you have none of those things... Just the very existence of a relationship with God the Father alone is something that we can hold on to to give us access to the peace of God, which passes all understanding. This is that scripture I was telling you about that we've been I've been referring to. I'm gonna go ahead and switch over to the King James. It's Philippians six, eight. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest. Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure. This is how you have gratitude and peace that passes understanding. Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. If this is it, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, if there be even the smallest morsel of reason for gratitude, that is where the focus lies because that is how you have access to the peace of God. So this week we've been celebrating Thanksgiving. You know, it's the Thanksgiving of, of the harvest time of, of, of getting together and being with friends and with family. But it's really about just being thankful to the Lord for the blessings that he's given us. And what has he given you? You know, if you and if you're like me and, and you've struggled before and maybe even struggling today with 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 anxiety in, in any capacity, whether it be like uh, some medical anxiety or maybe it just be just, uh, you know, maybe stage fright. You don't like getting in front of a group of people. Or you, maybe you don't even like being around people that gives you anxiety. I'm talking to myself just as much here. We have to really focus on if there be any praise, if there be any virtue, and and think upon those things. You know, when I'm struggling, if I have a headache and I want to go straight to the Dr. Google and it tells me I have brain cancer, I have to be thankful that it's just a headache, you know? Then and obviously again, if it's gonna get worse, I go to the doctor and I get checked out. But I don't sit there and and diagnose myself with something that is of no truth. Just because it's going to make my anxiety even harder and worse and more difficult to deal with. Whatever true things, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, 
any though any things that are good report those are the things that we need to hold on to and keep our focus on because those are the things that's going to give us access to the peace of God which passes all understanding so with that said I hope this week again has been a blessing to you. I pray that you will experience and know that peace that passes all understanding. No matter who you are, where you are, what circumstances you're going through in life right now, I pray that God will just open up all sorts of doors for, for peace and of love and of gratitude to you and that we will all be able to put away any thoughts they are going to try and, and make themselves known that are contrary to goodness and contrary to love and contrary to his perfect will for us. Let's put all those things, cast our cares upon them uh, of the world aside and truly focus all of our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of all of our faith. God bless you guys. Aloha and mahalo. (laughs) 